Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. I love our church. Who else loves our church? Do you love our church? Awesome. It's my responsibility tonight, if you don't love our church yet, to make you love this church, right? By the end of tonight, you will love this church, not because of what I share or not because of what I do, but just because of the people that are here and because of the things that, are, that we're seeing come to pass, the incredible stories. My iPad wants to be stuck in landscape mode. Now it's, there we go. Awesome. Every single time I preach, my iPad does that, so I might need to get a new iPad. Michaela, my birthday's coming up in a few months, a new iPad would be amazing, one that doesn't decide to change on me all the time. As, uh, as Slade said, yes, I have been here for 15 years at this church. Half the time the church has been here, so if, you're, if your mass is anything past about fourth grade, you would have just realized I'm 30 years of age this year. Um, and I say that because uh, 30 is not an end point in life. 30 is, I believe it's the best days of my life right now. It's the best days of my life I'm living right now with my wife and, my, and my, my child who's under a year old. It's the best time of my life. And that's why I know with our church, as it turns 30 years old, as we celebrate throughout the month of March, there's more ahead of us than there are, is in the past. I know that there's so many exciting things that are ahead of us. I know that this is the best season of our church yet, and it's going forward and moving great. I know there's amazing memories from the past, just in my own life. I know amazing memories from the past, but I'm not looking at the past. I'm looking to the future. And that's what this series is about tonight, Momentum. Uh, I want to start by, uh, by honoring uh, our senior pastor, uh, the pastors that planted this church 30 years ago, an amazing, incredible legacy they've left and, and continue to pastor and continue to do great things in, in our lives as a church, but also personally in mine and my wife's life. So I just want to honor Pastor Ed and Pastor Gail right now for the amazing people they are. Will we give it up tonight for such incredible leaders, leaders that don't uh, say no to anything that they're innovative, they move forward with the times. We're not stuck 30 years ago, uh, but we're moving forward and doing incredible things and seeing incredible things happen. Uh, in case you don't know uh, much about myself, I am the youth pastor. We meet in here on, on Friday nights and, and I, I get the privilege of, of seeing young people developed and, and grow in their gifts and many of them come over and they, they join different teams in church and they, they hang out with us all the time and it's an incredible, amazing blessing. Uh, but I wanted to share something with you uh, before I get into my message tonight. And uh, just a couple of uh, weeks ago, we started doing our ice blocks that we give out on the side of the corner out of the street here. And uh, we just give out free ice blocks to students that are walking out past after school hours. They walk down towards the bus stop. Just so happens that all the tradies from the plaza want ice blocks as well. And we're just handing out little cards that allow them to come in and know where we are, who we are. And there's no obligation. The first thing we always get asked is, oh, is this free? Do I have to do anything? We're like, no, just take an ice block and keep going. And uh, we, we've been out there for about three or four weeks now. And, uh, and just two weeks ago, a young girl turned up on a Friday night to youth, gave her heart to God in this very room because of what the young people are doing out there. And I think it's incredible that something that has just started is gaining momentum. The first couple of weeks, we gave out 20 icebox. Now we're giving out more than 40. We're running out each week. It's, it's growing. It's moving forward. It's momentum. There's momentum in every area of this church. I'm, I'm so excited three weeks because uh, we get to hear from some, of our, from some of our other young adults, our emerging leaders, people who have, uh, have, have blessed this stage at youth on Friday nights. I've been able to hear what they've spoken, but uh, not many times have they been here on a Sunday. So I'm so looking forward. I'm excited. Uh, bring people here to hear uh, the messages that they've got because they're, they're incredible people uh, that I've known in my life for a long time. So we're going to have a great time this month. 
But tonight, I want to open up our series, Momentum. Uh, You know, momentum is something that I believe we're all born with. It's something that from a really young age, we seem to want to push forward and do things. I I watched it six months ago, my child, all he wanted to do was be held. Uh, He couldn't move himself, he couldn't roll over, he couldn't feed himself, he was defeated. And now, he'll sit there and he'll hold his bottle with his hands and sometimes his legs as well, like he'll feed himself. I don't know how he does it with his legs, I wish I could do that because how handy would that be to be like texting and eating, I don't know. It'd be incredible. But I see the momentum and the growth in his life and I see how fast he wants to move forward how fast he wants to get on his feet and start walking. And, and that's scary for a parent. But he wants to get up, he wants to walk around, he wants to move. Our lives are based on momentum from the day we're born. We dream dreams. We dream things for our future. As a kid, you dream what you want to do one day. As a teenager, those dreams become either reality or, or sometimes you realize, oh, I actually can't be an astronaut or I can't be this. But we dream about incredible things in our future. We have momentum towards our future. We're drawn to momentum. It seems every time we see something that's moving forward, we want to be a part of it. I see this happen all the time in different areas. You know, when something's just kicking off and there's no momentum there, people are like, oh, I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Mm, might hold off. Three or four months later, maybe a year later, there's something taken off and the same people who kind of doubt it, they want to join in. They want to be part of the fun. It's never, never fun to sit on the sidelines while someone else is moving forward, is it? We want to be a part of momentum. We're born for momentum. We're drawn to momentum. Momentum in the physical realm, but I also believe momentum in the spiritual realm. And tonight, <clears throat> I, don't want to, I don't want to talk about being drawn to ourselves. I don't want to talk about the momentum of, of another church or, or another organization or, or someone else. I want to talk about the momentum of this house. I want to talk about the momentum of this church and specifically the momentum that you have in your lives. Because I believe everyone in this room has, has something that's propelling them into an amazing future. You don't have to rely on what someone else is doing to do amazing things. You can do amazing things yourself. You can be a part of something that is super amazing, fantastical. God wants to work incredible things in your life. <clears throat> if you feel like maybe you've lost momentum, or maybe you haven't gained the momentum you wished, or maybe momentum's a bit like this in your life, up and down like a roller coaster, welcome to the party. There's been times in my life where I've felt all three of those things, where I've felt I've lost momentum, where I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to tell you tonight that we're going to look at some scriptures, we're going to look at uh, uh, some writing from Paul uh, that talks about momentum and how we can not only find and gain momentum in our life, but keep momentum throughout our lives. So I believe by the end of tonight, you will have some keys, you'll have some, some ways to activate momentum in your life and be able to move forward from this room. You will not go out the same tonight as you came in. I've titled today's... Tonight's message, press on. Everyone say, press on. Tonight's message, press on, because we're called to press on, to press into uncharted ground. And I want to read from Philippians uh, chapter 3, 12 to 14 in the NLT. I believe it'll come up on the screen. Perfect. We achieve these things, or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on. Everyone say, press on. To possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on. Say, I press on. To reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. I want to pray tonight. God, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much that you sent a guy that had an amazing life that went to prison for you, Paul, God, to write these incredible words, Lord. And tonight that we can seek wisdom, we can learn so much about our own lives through this verse, Lord. And tonight 
We prepare ourselves to receive your word, Lord. I thank you so much that you would uh, uh, keep their attention to listen to me and that you'd uh, keep my voice great so that they keep listening. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I don't believe prayer has to be, you know, thou said this and thou said that. I like just talking to God and a bit of wisdom in that area, uh, talking to God and actually asking for you guys to be able to listen to me uh, for the time that's happening because I know God wants to share something with you, but I know attention spans can often be, well... That doesn't need to be explained, right? Just saying, I like to pray. Tonight I want to break down this verse. If you can put the first part up for me. It says uh, in verse 12, I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these reached perfection. I think there's so much in this whole passage of Scripture about momentum, but I want to to take it apart one part at a time so that we can see different levels of momentum, different things, different keys for our life. You see, this talks to me and it says... Uh, Paul, the one guy in the Bible who wrote most of, of the New Testament, a guy that uh, went to jail for his belief, a guy that got, uh, got so persecuted but also became a foundation for the modern church, he says that he's not perfected. I love that he says that because, um, you know, there's no one perfect but Jesus, but he's saying through this that there's, there's never a perfection that he can reach. He can't reach that perfection. You know, there's no, no, no thing that I've ever seen in the Word of God that says there's a point we can say, I don't need momentum anymore. I don't need to move forward. I can just stay where I am. You know, God's going to take me right now. Life is awesome. From what I see in the Word of God, you until the day that you are taken up to heaven, until the day that you die, take your last breath, there is momentum, there is something to push forward, there is something to achieve. You're not perfected until you're taken to heaven with Jesus Christ. I love that he starts off with this. And I think there's lessons with us, within us and within this right now is that there's no time in our life where we're going to get to a point where we don't need to grow. There's no time when we get to our life where we're going to master everything that, uh, that God wants us to master. We're not going to be able to master our jobs 100%. There's always an upside. There's always and move on and to press in and press on. There's no point where things stop and we reach perfection. So I'll say this, expertise can be the enemy of momentum. Don't be quick to become an expert in anything in life. Because it's, it, I find that when we become an expert, we, we decide to, to, to take into our own account, we take it into our own strength. Well, I'm an expert in this area. No one else can tell me what to do. No one else uh, knows anything. But I, I want to share with you right now a story about a company that uh, they thought they were experts in technology. And uh, for the young guys in the room, you may not know this, but uh, there was a company called Motorola uh, that years in technology and advancing mobile phones. You may not know, but they actually brought out the first kind of flip phones and all this sort of stuff. They advanced technology. They've been around for you know, about 130 years in wireless technology, radios and things like this. But they came to a point in the early 2000s where they, they and I was reading this story this other week, they came to a point in the early 2000s where their CEO said, well, we need to focus. We need to focus on what we're good at and stop doing things that we're not good at. So they turned their eyes to focusing on their radios and they turned their eyes on to making their current mobile phones better. And what happened is they lost the innovation and the momentum to move forward. And several years later, their company went down in billions of dollars. They were were losing employees because they decided to to say, well, we're experts in this field. We're going to stay here. And they failed to move on. And people like BlackBerry, uh, BlackBerry is another phone that was around for you guys a while ago. 
it jumped in as the, as the first phone that had a keyboard that you could type on rather than having to go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, etc., etc., and push it like 10 times. And so they opened up a new realm of, of communication which Motorola couldn't keep up with. And then Apple came along. We all know Apple in the room. Half of us have Apple devices. Samsung came along. And the rest is history, right? But Motorola is left as someone that these days many people know from the past, but they've got no momentum moving forward. Don't, become, don't be too quick to become an expert in any area. If we ever get to a point where we say, we've made it, we know where we're at, my momentum has got to the point where I don't need to feed it, I don't need to press in, I don't need to press on anymore, we become an expert, but we also become obsolete. God wants a, God wants a generation of people that are moving forward when I say generation, people from the age of zero to 99, and I think that covers everyone in this room, there was a generation of people moving forward, pressing deeper, doing incredible things for God. I look at people like Smith Wigglesworth, who was in his 60s when he actually got activated and began doing work. For the people in this room that are, that are in those years, there is activation ahead for you. There is momentum ahead for you. For the people in the front, there is so much potential and momentum ahead of you. You haven't even stepped into the first phases of what God has for your life. Don't be quick to become an expert because expertise can be the enemy of momentum. Let's continue. Paul continues and he says, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus has possessed me. To press in is to apply pressure. I have yet to ever be able to press a button without having applied some sort of pressure. This, this idea of actually choosing to commit to something it's like when you go into, I know every time I go into the hospital with our, with our son and, and some of the things in the day, I look at the elevators and I have this kitty instinct in me to just like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight and just send the elevator up and down. But that requires an action. I'm glad I don't ever walk out in that action and actually press pressure on there. But when you think about pressing a button, it's different from actually pressing the button. In fact, we were in an elevator just on, on Friday, Michaela and myself, and uh, we find ourselves using a lot of elevators these days with a pram. And uh, it was a very slow-moving elevator, and there wasn't many instructions. And we pressed the button to bring the elevator down, and it, it just you could see it moving because it was glass. And it was slow, slow, slow. Not much momentum there. And, and it got to the bottom, and we got in the elevator, and there's a button that goes... There's a button for ground and a button for one, and I'm smart enough to know that we wanted to go to the first floor because we were on the ground. We pressed the button, and nothing happened. Well, this is a strange elevator. And then I kind of look at the little side writing. It says, hold, press and hold button. It's the beginning movement. So I press and hold. And Michaela kind of realized exactly the same time. So my hand's on there and her hand's on there. And we're pressing and holding. And the elevator's moving up as slow as it came down. Just real slow. Like we ended up taking the stairs in the end and just folding up the pram because it was not worth doing that experience again. But it was applying pressure. And then we had this thought almost at exactly the same time. What if we take our hand off the button? Is it going to keep going? And I kid you not, this thing just stopped halfway between the two floors. And we're like, oh, and you press it and you hold, and you add it, you pressure there. And it wasn't like it instantly started moving. It took a while. And Becky knows as well because she was in the elevator with us to the top and got out. And I was like, oh, that was just crazy. But we had to apply pressure there. We had to press in and press on to keep momentum. Because as soon as we lifted off that pressure, as soon as we lifted off our finger and stopped pressing in, momentum was lost. Momentum has a lifespan and if left to itself, it will fade away. If you don't seek to build momentum in your life, the momentum is eventually going to die. 
There's nothing that I know of on earth. If you push it or make it roll away or anything like that, it's going to keep going forever. Eventually, it's going to stop unless some other force acts on it. And we have the opportunity in God's kingdom to press on and continue that momentum. But it's a choice we have to make. The good thing is that if we lose momentum, it's not impossible to gain momentum. It just takes more energy and more time. I think of a plane when it takes off in, from an airport and, and you know, hopefully you're on that plane and you're flying somewhere, maybe to a tropical island and you know, it's the middle of winter, you want to fly to a tropical island or maybe you're, your thing is the snow and you're in that plane. Did you know that plane uses most of its fuel when it's on that runway and taking off? Most of the fuel that you use in that whole air flight is taken from, uh, from point A from a stop to when it gets up in the air and gets its momentum. It takes time and it takes energy, but who knows, once it's up in the air, that thing flies. Tiny bit of extra energy to keep that thing moving. If you've lost momentum, you can gain it again. There's a chance to gain it, but we must press in. We must continue to press on in Jesus. Everyone say, press on. Verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. I want to look at that word, focus. Because I, I gave you an example earlier of Motorola, and I said they actually focused on something. They focused on one thing. But the thing that they focused on was not the right thing to focus on. There's a difference between focusing on something and focusing on the right thing. So what is the right thing to focus on to allow our momentum? Where do we place our focus so that we get the most out of our walk with God? It says, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Momentum often comes from behind, but it's always propelling something forward. If I push you, I'm pushing you from behind, or I even might be pushing you from in front, but the direction you're now going is forward, or backward, but it's still forward, really. You're still being pushed in a direction that is now forward. Momentum comes from behind, but it is always directed forward. Whenever there is a momentum, there is also opposition. Like I said with the plane, it takes off. The opposition it's got is gravity. It's got wind. It's got the fact that it's a, it's a, it's a vehicle that's on land that needs opposition that comes against momentum. Opposition can come in many forms as well. The easiest ones to find is when it's straight out opposition from people or from things. Opposition from uh, our friends or our family. Maybe it's from co-workers. Maybe it's from people we don't even know, but they place pressure on us to not step out and do something amazing for God. Opposition comes from discouragement. It comes from a place where uh, we don't feel like we have the courage to step forward and move into the big things that God has from us. Opposition comes uh, from disappointments in our past. But opposition also comes from success. They say that one of the surest ways to kill success is to be successful. Successful, you stop putting your eyes on where to go next and you actually stay where you're comfortable. Success can be an opposing force to momentum. Distractions, not just bad distractions, but good distractions too. I know this because Henry will be moving across the floor at about 100 miles an hour doing some sort of frog leap. If you've seen it, you'll understand. It's an incredible, hasn't learned really how to crawl yet, but he can get from one place to another so quickly. But if he sees a toy out of the side of his eye, it's like, stop, 180, I'm going for that toy. There's distractions. That toy is not a bad thing, but it's a distraction that's caused him not to go to where he wanted to go. Clutter in our lives can be a distraction. Clutter in our lives can be an opposing force. Uh, this TV you might show you might have seen it on Netflix before. It's called Consumed. Um, it's about people who hoard all this stuff and their houses get so full that they don't even know what to do. 
Um, and it reminds me a little bit of my mum's house because she's a bit like that. Um, but they're always, they never know what the next step is because they've become so cluttered in their life, so consumed with the things that they have, they don't know where to go from there. There are so many things that oppose our momentum. But might I suggest that pretty much everything that opposes our momentum is actually in our past. There's not much in the future that wants to oppose our momentum. Most of it comes from our past failings. And, and to demonstrate this tonight, Timothy, my brother here, please bring up the rope. You actually get to tie up the pastor tonight. This is going to be awesome. Thanks, Tim. All right. I trust you, mate. Don't trip me over. So who knows with this rope on, I still have momentum. I can still move, but only as far as Timothy's allowing me. And for this demonstration, I'm sorry, Timothy, but you're my enemy. You're the enemy, okay? But that's all right because it gets better for you soon, okay? So just keep smiling. So things come against us in our life, right? Maybe it's in your childhood. Maybe something comes against your child. This is, this is you know, when you start wrapping me up. Yeah. Things come against you. Maybe it's divorce in your family. Maybe it's the separation of, of brothers and sisters or, or family members. Uh, mother, father, son. Not that quickly. That's all right. Good work, Tim. He's doing well, isn't he? Give it up for Tim right now. Come on, Tim. He's doing well. It's getting quite tight. Who knows my momentum's losing now because of the things that have happened to my past. All of a sudden, I'm successful in something. I have a successful relationship, and maybe it's not the right relationship for me, but it's still successful. And I'm further bound up. I'm not looking to move forward. Sometimes it, it could be the stuff that I collect in my house. It could be the items that end up uh, in my house, the, the couches, the fridges, whatever it is that my life and stop me from moving. Stress comes in. Things that are, that are happening that are outside my circumstances, right? And all of a sudden we found ourselves so bound up that we can't move in any direction at all, right? Because we've lost our momentum because we're doing exactly what Paul said not to do. He said, forgetting the things of the past, we're holding on to the things of the past. And you see, God comes along, and this is where it gets good for you, Timothy, because you were my enemy, but now you represent God, okay? So he's, somehow he's just got mightily changed in his life, and, you know, and God comes along and he wants to unravel the things in your life, right? I've got to be careful not to trip over. But this is where we get in the ray, because God so much wants to move everything out of your but we're comfortable with the things in our life. We're comfortable, yeah, come on, Tim. We're comfortable with the stuff that is cluttered, the opposition. We're comfortable with our position. We know God can change it. At the end of the day, it's just a prayer away. It's God's uh, hand coming into your life. It may be meeting the right people. It may be making the right changes in your life. But so often we take away that control from God because of the things that have happened in our past. And we wonder why we can't move. We wonder why we've got no forward motion or no momentum. Thanks, Timothy. You can unwrap me. Now, awesome. Bit sway, bit dizzy. That's all right. Thanks, Timothy. Give it up for Timothy again. Thank you so much for that demonstration. But I did that to give you a demonstration of what it's like to be held back by things in the past. To be held back by bad things in the past, but also good things of our past. But what Paul says is he says, forgetting what's behind, I press forward. Forgetting what's in the past, I look forward to what lies ahead. 
If you continue to look in the past, your momentum is only going to be based on what you're seeing and what you're doing and, and the things of the past. Your momentum is always going to be up and down. You're always going to be wondering why you can't move forward or, or moving forward seems tough. Sometimes, but I'm here to tell you that if you believe for long enough, if you pray hard enough, if you get some people in your life that encourage you, God can break those things off your life and you can have momentum in this place because God's a loving Father. God wants to see those things removed from your life. He wants to take the chains away. He wants to take the burdens away. He wants to propel you into a future where not only are you blessed and your family blessed, but others can be blessed through you. Wherever there is momentum, there is opposition. We have to realize that and we have to prepare for that. Often from our past. It says here, uh, the last part here, the final part that Paul writes, he says, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on. Everyone say, I press on. To reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly price Jesus is calling us. See, momentum needs substantial energy at the beginning, but it also needs continued energy throughout. I like this word that Paul uses when he says life is a race. Hopefully it's a long race. Hopefully it's not a short race. Hopefully it's, it's longer than you can imagine right now. But all I know about a long race is you don't want to use up all your energy at once. You don't want to put yourself in a position where, you know, you're trying to sprint because then there's going to be points in your life where you're going to have to walk slower. You know, in a marathon, in a long run, you want to keep momentum throughout. And so that's why we need to press in, press in on a daily basis. We need to press into the Word of God, to the Bible. It's getting alone with God in times of worship, getting alone with God for God to tell you what to focus on. Because sometimes the things we're focusing on aren't bad, but they're not the things that God wants us to focus on in that moment. I've been there. I believe everyone goes there. But momentum requires continued pressure. It requires a little bit of effort on our part. It requires us to continue to press and hold that lever for that elevator, right? Because if you stop and if you don't press in, then chances are that momentum is going to come to a halt. Momentum is best proven in the difficult times. When things come against you in your life, are you going to press on, press in, or are you going to let go and fall away? Option that will, every one of us will face in our lives. Will you press in and press on, or will you let go? I encourage you tonight, press in and press on. Your answer might just be one more prayer away. Your answer might be one day away. Your answer could be coming exactly in that moment when you want to give up. So many times in my life I've got to the point, especially in my finances, where it's like, I don't know how I'm going to survive this week. I don't know how I'm going to get through. But I say, God, I'm going to give to you no matter what. I'm going to give everything. I'm going to still drive down to all in. I'm still going to get there on a Wednesday night. I'm still going to bring something to eat. I'm still going to give my best because, God, I know your breakthrough is only a a few seconds away. And I tell you what, so many times that night, God has answered my prayer and finances have come from places or, or things I thought they could come from because I pressed on and pressed in rather than letting go. Maintaining our pressure, pressing on and pressing in throughout life's challenges. When you think, I can't go any further, that's when you press on. When you think, in my strength, I can't do this, that's when God's strength will take over and you press on. When you see something in your life that you don't like and you can't change it, that's when you press on. When you feel feelings, they can betray us often. When we feel that no one's for us, when we feel that the whole world is against us, we press on because we've got a God who's for us and wants to bless us abundantly, more abundantly than we can ever imagine. Yeah, that's our God, an incredible God. When you feel like, imagine what God's church, imagine what God's people would look like. Imagine what this room, this church, this city would look like 
if at every moment of every day we chose to press in and press on. We chose to, to push us forward in momentum rather than allowing the things of the past to hold us back. I see a church that's, that's growing, a church that's seeing hundreds of teenagers reached out in, in a car park on a Friday. I see a church where hundreds of, of people with uh, gray hair are coming in every Sunday and listening to the Word of God, getting saved, because there's no age where God says you can't get saved anymore. There's no age where, you know, God says you can't do something incredible for God. A church that has momentum because each of us has momentum. This is us. We live for momentum. We are momentum. We just need to tap into that momentum and go forward. I would pray that no longer we are looking for external momentum. We're no longer looking for the next massive meeting or the next big deal because we are the next big deal. We are what God's plan is for this region, for this Sunshine Coast, for the world. That is the church. Tonight, I want us to make a decision. I want you to make a decision. I'll make a decision. That from this moment forward, we won't base our momentum or we won't base our future based on our past, but we'll step into something, step into what God's got for us. And I believe that when we use our voice, it's powerful. When we declare something, it's powerful. So tonight I'm going to pray for you. But before I pray for you, I don't want to miss a moment where you would acknowledge right now that you need momentum in your life. When you need uh, God to come in and refresh you in this area, where you need God to do something incredible in your life. So uh, out of respect, I'd love every eye to be closed in this place. And if that's you tonight and you want to push into God, God's momentum in your life, I just want you to raise your hand in this place. If you want more momentum in your life, would you raise your hand? I would pray that there's hands going across, up all across this place because you're looking forward, not behind. You want more momentum in your life. And God, I thank you so much for everyone in this place that has raised their hand tonight. I thank you, God, that our hearts are after you, God. We're chasing after you. We're pressing and we're pressing on, God. And I know as we do that, God, you are faithful. That those answers to the prayers that we currently have, Lord, they're just, they're just a moment away, Lord, if we would press in and we would seek after you, God. We thank you, Lord. Just as Paul said, we don't look to the past. We forget the things of the past and we press forward to the future that you have in store for us, God. I thank you so much for those that made a decision tonight to raise their hand just now in momentum in all areas of their lives, in relationships, God, in finances, in their friendships, in bringing people into your kingdom, in the words they speak. Thank you so much right now, Lord, for the momentum that you have for your church. I thank you, Lord. I see a future where this church is doing incredible things because of people that are in this room right now making this decision. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.